Well, hello again, everyone. This is the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner, and we hope you're enjoying the holiday season with your loved ones and family. And uh, this is episode 91, and actually the next couple of episodes, 91 and 92 of the Red and White Authority, will be previewing the Great Lakes Invitational. That's right, the 54th annual GLI, which gets uh, underway on Sunday, December 30th, between Michigan Tech and Michigan at 1 o'clock, followed by Michigan State and Lake Superior state at uh, roughly 4 o'clock at Little Caesars Arena and then the championship round uh, will be on Monday, December 31st on New Year's Eve day as the third place game takes place at 11.30am and uh, the winners of Sunday's contest will meet in the GLI championship at 2.30 televised live by Fox Sports Detroit and we want you to know that following the GLI championship game well, the Red Wings will be on the ice. That's right it's a triple header. Uh, the Red Red Wings will be taking on the Florida Panthers uh, right around 7.30 on New Year's Eve, their traditional New Year's Eve game for the Detroit Red Wings. And as always, the Red and White Authority is sponsored by Labatt Blue, and we want you to know that Red Wing fans, that it is time for hockey, so let's cheer on Labatt Blue, the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, hockey all the time. It's hockey everywhere. And uh, for the uh, final puck drop to the final horn, cheers to the rings Siders on Woodward Avenue, all the way to the nosebleeds. It's all red and white here. And remember, the limited edition Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light Detroit Red Wing cans are still available. Get them while they're cold. And remember, always drink Labatt Blue, our premium beer, responsibly. And once again, we do thank Labatt for sponsoring and presenting the Red and White Authority. So let's uh, get up first uh, on the Red and White Authority. We're previewing game number one on Sunday between Michigan and Michigan Tech. And up first is the head coach of the Michigan Tech Huskies. And that, of course, is Joe Sean. Let's bring him in. Joining us now is the head coach of the Michigan Tech Huskies, and that is uh, 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 Coach Joe Sean. I, 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 you know, his name, he has a silent H-A-N on the end of it, so I keep wanting to call him uh, Shawhan, and, but uh, it is Coach Joe Sean, uh, uh, second year at Tech, Tech uh, doing very, very well uh, uh, this season, and uh, let's bring him in. Uh, uh, coach, thanks for doing this. Uh, my pleasure, my pleasure. Uh I guess I want to ask you, you know, I, I, I'm a little odd at times, but these, I know you don't know, but do you get a lot of people calling you Shawhan? Uh, yeah, yeah, more so than not, probably, when they don't, when they haven't heard of me, yeah, I would say so. Really, yeah, so, uh, so you're constantly correcting them? No, no, I just let <laughs> No, you just let it go. Yeah, really? You don't even pay much attention to it, to be honest with you. Oh, that's good. Well, no, that, yeah. that's probably the best way to do it. So uh, yeah. uh, uh, let's uh, go into the uh, GLI, the 54th uh, Great Lakes Invitational. Tech has always been the uh, host school. Uh, your game is uh, Sunday, December 30th between you and Michigan at 1 p.m. Then it's followed by Michigan State and Lake State at 4. And then the consolation games and championship games are on the 31st, New Year's Eve. Uh, the third place game is at 11.30 and the uh, winner's game, which uh, you have played in, I believe Tech has played like five of the last six years, um, will be at 2.30. And then if you're really into hockey, the Red Wings play New Year's Eve against Florida uh, on, uh, on New Year's Eve as well. So it's like a triple header on that day. But let's get back to it. Being the Michigan Tech coach... And this being the 54th annual Great Lakes Invitational Tournament, the first collegiate hockey tournament uh, 
and uh, uh, being the, the original host school, I know Michigan eventually joined on board, and I believe State is now one of the official hosts too. Uh, I'm just kind of curious, what does the GLI mean to Michigan Tech? Well, well, it's I, I didn't know the, the complete impact until I got here, I'll be honest. I grew up in Sault Ste. Marie. I grew up playing. I played at Lake Superior State University, and they're in the tournament this year as well. Um, so, uh, And we'd always watch it on TV over the holidays around football and things like that. But I never realized the, the uh, you know, the support and the, and the coverage and the, you know, the following that, that the GLI got until I was actually there five years ago or so in my, uh, in my first year here. Um, working with Mel Pearson, who's now at Michigan, working here at Michigan Tech. When I went there, um, it was it was actually a very it was a, an extremely enjoyable experience. I was amazed at the following that Michigan Tech had there. Um, you know the support, the loyalty. Uh, it was it was actually it was at Joe Lewis at that time. It was a great event. So it's a it's a big deal for for this program for this community. It's you know something that was established back with uh, John McGinnis, I believe, back years and years ago, and has carried through and is is one of, if not the top college tournaments. I guess probably this and and the Bean Pot, at uh, least uh, top college tournaments in in college hockey. Yeah, the one thing I really have always enjoyed and liked about college hockey, Division One. Okay, you know, Michigan's Big Ten, Michigan State's Big Ten, as we know. Uh, but um, you know, schools like Michigan Tech and and Lake State, where where you went, I know. Okay, maybe they can't compete with Michigan. Let's say on the uh, uh, and Michigan State on the football field or or some of the other sports, but hockey. You fellas are right there, which I, every time I would, and I did a lot of CCHA games over the years, I always liked going to Lake State or, 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 or Michigan Tech or, uh, or Northern Michigan or Ferris. I mean, you can just name them. There's, you know, I think seven Division One hockey schools in the state of Michigan. And the fan base is just so pumped because they're on an even playing surface and this place, the ice surface, than uh, quote-unquote the big boys are. So I guess the incentive whenever you play a school that is considered to be, you know, a major Division One powerhouse, uh, uh, I would imagine it doesn't take much to get the, the fellas up for a game like that. You know, I don't, I don't think, having been at, at three of the schools you've talked about, I was at I coached at Lake Superior. I coached at Northern Michigan, actually, before I came here. And now at Michigan Tech. I don't think at any of the pro programs you really look at it that way. You, you look at being part of, of the Division One college hockey landscape. Um, there's, there's, there's not a ton of teams in, in college hockey. You know, 60, 62, I believe, is what the number is. And, and um, 60 or 62. And, and so it's a, it's a small... Uh, it's a small kind of a family and and in that you know 16 teams make the tournament so a, a good percentage of, of the teams you know i don't know how that fits into the whole ncaa have a shot at the tournament with with division champions obviously um getting automatic bids and things like that so you, so that's the way you, you more look at it and and we don't look at it as playing in a you know like a david and goliath type deal i think that originally people made that what i was fortunate enough to be around the Experience state program when they won three national championships in 88, 92, 94, lost in 93 to Maine in the finals and was at all those games. And, and, you know, everybody wanted to make that. But in reality, I would say in probably all but the 88 game, 
maybe Lake State was the was the favorite in the in the tournament because of you know the teams and the coaching and the things that they had. So um, I don't think you look at it that way. You look at Duluth last year, Division uh, Division Two program, winning the national title. They've won it a few times recently. Um, you look at a lot of the teams, you know, the, that you mentioned. They're they're Division Two schools. I think the bigger thing with us is that. Um, of the schools you mentioned, we're the only Division One sport on campus, and that I think that's the bigger deal that the that the players really get, um, you know, they really get that feeling of being the big dog, and, and that probably more so when you go to Michigan, um, or, or for you go to Michigan State, or you go to several schools like that, uh, they have a great they have great support. They have a you know playing at Yost is unlike playing at any other stadium in the country for sure, um, but. I'm not sure they're always the you know feeling that they're the top the, the top sport on campus. It's it's hard to compete with with the football programs at those schools. It's hard to compete with the basketball programs and the and the you know the exposure and and the hype that they get. Uh, but at our school, we are the we are the and at at Northern Michigan and at Air State, you know, and 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 at Duluth, they're the biggest you know the biggest sports on campus. So um, they're they're really carrying the flagship for the athletic program, and and oftentimes as that as the hockey program goes, you know the other the other athletic uh, programs follow. So um, we have that mantle that we go on. It's uh, there's no place of the places I've been. There's no place that has a hockey tradition, a hockey following. Um, loyalty and support like right right where i'm at right now at michigan tech well you know actually that's a good point and, and maybe uh you know certainly i know how competitive athletes are and if you're playing at a division one school doesn't matter really uh i guess what what's across your chest so to speak uh uh um and you're right i mean when i i was more or less kind of talking about the atmosphere of the crowd when and and I think you're right. I mean, being Division One, and for most of the, uh, uh, from a lot of schools such as Michigan Tech, that is the Division One uh, school. Uh, and you know, and it it, it just creates, a, I guess, a very um, festive and intense atmosphere when you whenever you watch. Uh, uh, Michigan Tech, uh, uh, you know, play hockey, which I've done for a number of years now. I want, I want to move on, unfortunately. And our coach is Joe Sean of the uh, Michigan Tech Huck, Huskies. Uh, they, along with Michigan, Michigan State, and Lake State this year, will be partaking in the 54th uh, annual GLI tournament at Little Caesars Arena. Uh, let's talk about the season. Your team is uh, uh, currently, and uh, congratulations on this, is currently in first place in the WCA. Uh, uh, what kind of year has it been so far for the uh, Huskies? I would imagine that uh, uh, you have to be uh, uh, fairly pleased uh, with uh, with the way things have uh, gone thus far. Yeah, we are. We are. We're happy with uh, with with where we're at. We we had a we have had a, um, a a not very productive non conference schedule. We lost a really tough two one game early in the year to Duluth non-conference. Uh, we went out and played a, a good Clarkson team and, and lost two basically one-goal games out in Clarkson, um, out there in two tough games that could have gone either way. And our non-conference schedule, we did beat, we did beat Wisconsin. Um, yeah, it's been just, it's been average. Our schedule has been friendly to us within conference to start the year, the first half of the year, and we've taken advantage of that and, and been able to put points together on the board. And, and after Christmas, we're going to hit the real, the real grunt of our of our league schedule 
playing against the teams that we need to to make hay against in order to have a you know to finish where we where we'd like to finish and and earn earn the accolades that we'd like to earn as a program. Um, but it's been uh, this first half of the year has been a lot of experience for a lot of young forwards up front and, and a very inexperienced defense. We had two early signings last year that could have returned that would have really um, been the difference on our on our. Uh, in our program for sure um but it but uh, some young guys have really stepped up um with a with a defense that doesn't have a senior on it and uh, and is primarily freshmen and sophomores uh they've done an excellent job and, and really you know you know played above what we expected them to play and have given us uh you know our goals against averages down our goaltending has been good uh, we played all three goaltenders, um, which we've done for a couple of years now. We're still waiting for someone to grab it, but we played all three goaltenders, and and that's been that's been good and pleasantly good for us. And uh, and like I said, we have a, a lot of young, talented um, forwards that I think are going to have a good career at this game. When you when you watch them, you got Alec Broachman, who's a big, strong, size, strength guy, fifty point guy in the USHL last year, twenty plus goals. Um, same with Trenton Bliss, another big, strong, skilled forward. Uh, some young guys there. We got a young forward, Grayson Reitmeyer, um, that's doing a great job of sophomore for us. And, and Jake Puccini is, is currently leading the league in scoring. A senior who was who was recruited while I was here as an assistant um, and was coached for the first couple of years by Michigan's head coach, now Mel Pearson, who was my boss for a couple of years here. So um, so there'll, there'll be some... There'll be some probably bittersweetness on uh, on both sides with some of those older players who played for Mel, um, the, you know, that right. have a ton of respect for him, and then and then probably for Mel and a lot of his staff with Billy McCault on there who helped really turn this program around when they came in here before bringing me on, but they they turned this program around and turned it into what I've been able to enjoy the last couple of years and really in my five years here, it's been a, a great run. We won a ton of hockey games. Um, but and, and now Brian Brewster there, Steve Shields, the goalie coach at Michigan, all of them were here with Mel at, at Michigan Tech. Um, and besides Steve Shields, we're here with me at Michigan Tech. So um, there'll be some, it'll probably be interesting for them to be on the other side looking at the te- Tech jersey. For me, I've seen Mel on that Michigan bench for 20 plus years um, in, the, in the college game. So it won't be as different for me, but for them, it might be a little different. They've recruited a lot of the guys. I've been through that, what they're going to go through. Um, and there'll, there'll probably be a lot, it'll be some bittersweet feelings going into that game. And certainly, uh, you know, uh, competitiveness that'll, that'll be a lot of fun. Well, yeah, you know, you bring it up, and again, I, I think you know people might or might not be aware, uh, some of the college hockey fans out there, or hockey fans that are listening to the Red and White Authority today, that uh, you know Mel played for Tech. I mean, he was a good point. You know, he, I think he won a GLI championship. If I'm going off the top of my head here, so yeah, that's I kind believe of, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of an odd feeling, I, I would imagine, and he goes back to his uh, alma mater. Uh, you know, the program. Uh, uh, make strides under Mel, obviously, and then uh, he goes back to Michigan, where he was Reds' assistant, which seemed like forever. Uh, but uh, uh, let's talk a little bit. Uh, one player that I find intriguing is sophomore Seamus uh, 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 Donahue. Uh, is he one of those young defensive standouts that you're talking about? Talk because uh, yeah, I think Red Wing fans can relate to this—a a young defensive core uh, at, at times—and uh, how you adapt and how I guess you might have to be patient with some of the guys on the blue line yeah we we've had we've had to be but yeah and Seamus is good Seamus is a is a Minnesota player that um is cerebral about the game moves the puck well uh 
you know, run, runs one of our power plays. He does a he does a good job. He's he's put up some good points. He was right up there. I don't know where he, you know second, third, maybe in the in the league last year for freshman defensive scoring. Maybe first in freshman defensive scoring um, in the league last year. He's coming in this year and he's got he's got points and he's putting up points. He's done a good job. But but in reality, all all of our D um, have and we played. I believe everybody on our roster, maybe except for, with the exception of one player or so, have played in games this year. And uh, and you know, Seamus is as veteran as anybody we have back there, uh, for sure. As a sophomore, and that that probably says a lot about where our program's at right now at, at that position. So um, it'll be a tall task with the you know with the skill level of the forwards that we're going to face at Michigan. But I think we played a pretty good schedule so far. Playing, I I, I believe I'm not positive. I think Wisconsin is in first in the Big Ten right now. Duluth is in the top three, I believe, in the country still um, in in the polls. So we played a very good non-conference schedule, played against some some upper-end teams with some tremendous forwards already. So um, we're looking forward to – our motto here is really about growing and getting better every day. That's something that Mel really brought into this uh, brought into this program. It's something we've maintained, and this is going to be a great gauge for us to see where our program's at this year in, in this version of our team. Well, when I look at uh, statistically in the WCHA, your power play is uh, second in the league. Penalty killing, I'm sure, eighth in the league. I, I don't know of a coach, unless it's number one overall, that doesn't want to see better penalty killing. But uh, what do you think are some of the keys to defeating Michigan, who, uh, as you said, uh, seems on paper to be a much better team than their record indicates, but uh, you have to do it on the ice. So uh, what do you think some of the keys will be for uh, uh, for the Huskies against the Wolverines? Well, as always, it's containing their offense. Um, Mel is a transitional coach. He's, he's uh, you know, he prides himself on being good on both sides of the puck. Uh, his teams, when he was here at Michigan Tech here, um, I believe my first or second year here with him, we led the country in goal differential, which is goals against and goals for. So um, they play it hard on both sides of the puck. I would say slanting towards the offensive side, which is, you know, knowing Mel, he likes players that can make plays. He wants he wants hockey players. He's, he's used to coaching world-class athletes that, that have a chance, and, and he's coached a lot of them that played in the National Hockey League. You, we, you and I talked a few minutes ago about Glenn Denning and Larkin and, and players such as that. Um, they, they have those those that caliber of player on their roster right now. So it'll be first and foremost – um, establishing a, a game where we can where we can skate up and down the ice with them, and we're not you know we're not defending the entire time. So that's going to be the biggest thing. Special teams always play into it. You, you mentioned we're eighth in the in the league in the conference in, in penalty kill, but that's up from probably last in the country after the first six games or so. While wow. our young defensive core and things were, you know, we were we were sixty five percent or so through six games and and going nowhere fast. So I think our, our coaches have done Chris Brooks and Dallas Stewart have done an excellent job, um, and we've spent a lot of time on working with guys individually and collectively on our penalty kill, and and, and it's actually been very good statistically very good in probably the last eight games or so or ten games so um we're actually feeling you know better about that but it's gonna it's gonna that's gonna be a big a big area of of contention how the game is called um how because we know that they're gonna michigan's gonna have an effective power play with with slaker and all those players that they have on that team um they, they have guys that can make plays and and they play that way and they're creative and they have good vision good speed so that'll be the first and foremost 
part of our game is is getting on the ice and skating with them, and then and trying to you know and then then try to establish our will a little bit as the game goes on. Yeah, you you brought up a little bit. You're you're using three goaltenders now, and, and you know you and uh, it seems like you and Michigan are in the same situation as far as trying to get a guy to to grab the the bull by the horn, so to speak. Uh, uh, I, I would imagine, are, uh, have you decided on which goalie you're going to go with yet, or is that going to how practice is going, and uh, will it be a gut feel on the 30th which guy might uh, might be in net for you? Yeah, we'll go with how practice, we'll look at how practice is going. Um we have played. Uh, we've played the last three games. We've gone with the goaltender who hadn't had a game in yet um, prior to that. Um, who's Robbie Baydoon? Now, ironically, Robbie played did the same thing last year, and then ended up we ended up playing him both games at the GLI. Beat Michigan State in Game One, and then in the, in the, in the championship game he played against, and, and we were defeated by Bowling Green. Um, he he's gotten hot right now again. I believe he's somewhere around a. or 0.76 goals against average in the five games that he's played. He's a 96 save percentage. So those numbers are, are, are great numbers. Robbie has the ability to, um, of all of our goalies, I would say has the ability to absolutely steal a game for you. And when I recruited him again, when Mel was here, when I recruited him, we had to, because we had a goaltender that we've, that we thought was things could happen to and ultimately signed after his freshman year. So our goaltender right now is playing professional hockey that would be in the nets for us right now. Wow. And we had to, we had to get by out of that after a surprise freshman signing. So um, we went out, I saw Robbie Badoon play in Waterloo and I, in the game I saw him, he scored, he won a one nothing shutout um, in a tremendous game against a team called Youngstown in the USHL. And I don't think the, the game ended up going into uh, overtime shooters, a shootout and, he probably had eight or nine. I think that they could have probably put their whole team at him and weren't going to score that night. And you look for that quality in a goalie um, that can steal a game, and he did in that game. Um, now, with that said, he's also had the um, had games where where they go absolutely the other way. So um, we're, he hasn't had anything like that this year for us yet, and we're we're seeing has he turned the corner? Has he developed that consistency? Because if he has. He's going to be a big-time college goaltender and give us a chance to to win a game every night because he'll give us that ability to steal a game. So if I was leaning, um, not tilting our hand too much, I guess, but right. um, I don't think it's any surprise that that's be, that'd be the way that we're leaning. Um, looking at, uh, as I said, uh, the Huskies have played in the championship game five of the last six seasons. Last time uh, uh, the Huskies won uh, the GLI was back in 2012. Uh, I know that... Uh, Every coach that plays in the GLI looks at this as a great springboard into the second half of the season, especially if you can win the championship and in and, and play well. Um, what would it mean to uh, Michigan Tech to uh, to walk away GLI champs this year? Well, it's a it's a highlight of the season. That's one of the that's one of the uh, things that you schedule that, that you look for at the you look at the calendar and one of the major accomplishments you have the GLI, which is. Um, maybe first and foremost, you have the, the Winter Carnival, which is a big deal here in our area. Um, but but it doesn't. I, the, you know, the GLI is just such a. You know, I'll, I'll give you a little story. My first time, um, again, it was five years ago at the GLI, my first year, and I'd seen it so many times when I was young on television, but never experienced it live. But what I did experience live is many many times playing 
in the CCHA championships at Joe Louis Arena in March, mm-hmm. where we would play Michigan in the final, or we'd play Michigan State under legendary Ron Mason in the final, or in the semifinals, or, or whatever. But we would play them at some point down there, and and it would just be, and we'd bring everybody from town, from our town of Sault Ste. Marie, turn the lights out when you leave. Everybody was coming down to watch that, <laughs> and it would just be, uh, you know, when you would hit the ice, Michigan State or, or Michigan, just, I mean, it was their crowd. They had they had everything. Well, when when I was on the bench with. Michigan Tech, that first GLI game, and I believe the first game we were playing Michigan, the first time I, I, you know, I was assistant coach here, I couldn't believe it. It was a, it was we were playing Michigan at the in in Detroit, and it was our crowd. It, the the crowd was a was a Michigan Tech crowd, and I thought that was absolutely incredible. That that the following that was my first experience of the following nationally. Um, and as we travel, with, that Michigan Tech has it, it, and so every time we go there, I feel that way. Like it's it, it, you know, it's it's a Michigan Tech crowd when we go there. So it's a big deal to the to alumni. It's a big deal to the you know to the to the players, to us as coaches, to the university, to the community. So it, it is a it's a very big deal for us to to perform well at the at the GLI. Well, yeah, it's interesting. The thing I always remember about the GLI, and I've gone to many over the years, is Michigan Tech's band in those striped overhauls that they wear. Uh, I mean, that really yeah. gets, I think it gets the whole crowd going, no matter who you're rooting for. Yeah, that's gotten national prominence. Like last year when we, we made a nice run through the playoffs, winning our playoff championship and, and getting into the national tournament, and our band traveled with us and actually would play national anthems and things at some of the arenas we played at, along with a crazy group of, of fans that we have called Mitch's Misfits um, <laughs> that, that travel with us up to Alaska, travel all over. And Obviously, when we're playing at home, they take up two sections of our full arena. Um, but when we travel on the road, there's always a great following, and there'll be a lot of them, both present Misfits, and it sounds neat to say that, but both, both present Misfits and Misfit alumni who were Misfits way back in the time. And, you know, the, this goes way back, people, just so people get a little bit of the nostalgia. This tournament, I believe, started at Olympia Stadium. Right. So it, it, it's evolved from Olympia Stadium, Stadium through Joe Louis Arena's tenure and now into into the Little Caesars Arena. So there's a lot of history to this to this tournament. Well, I'll tell you what, Coach Joe Sean, thanks for joining us on the Red and White Authority. I wish we had uh, uh, a little more time, but uh, uh, best of luck. I know that you'll take on Michigan in Game 1 of the GLI, the 54th Annual, on Sunday, December 30th. Uh, the Huskies versus the Wolverines at 1 o'clock, and then Michigan State and Lake State uh, tilt off right around 4, unless the game goes into uh, overtime and you could be there all night. But uh, uh, anyway, Coach Sean, thank you very, very much. Really enjoyed it. Best of luck to uh, uh, to you and the Huskies, and uh, thanks for spending some time with us today. Thank you. I want to wish you and, and, and all your listeners a Merry Christmas, and hopefully we'll get a chance to uh, to talk uh, and meet face-to-face when we get down there. Uh, yeah, certainly. I, I, well, I'll definitely be there, so uh, so I, I will go out of my way to, uh, to shake your hand. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Once again, we thank Coach Joe Sean appearing on uh, the Red and White Authority. Up next, we have Mel Pearson, the head coach of the University of Michigan, as they will take on Michigan Tech in Game 1 of the GLI, and that's on Sunday, December 30th at 1 o'clock, Michigan Tech versus Michigan. Let's catch up with the Michigan coach. Let's welcome into the Red and White Authority, Mel Pearson, the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. And uh, Mel, thanks for doing this. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. 
Well, Art, it's, uh, it's great to be on with you. And uh, obviously, uh, I love talking hockey. And anytime I can do that, uh, it's great. So, um, again, like I said, looking forward to it. You know, I know we opened this up last year. And uh, this is something that Michigan is, is used to this time of year with the World Junior Championship going on. And it'll be on from the 26th, I think, through January 5th in uh, Vancouver, Victoria, uh, in uh, British Columbia. Uh, but you're losing two real high-end players. Quinn Hughes and Josh Norris have made Team USA, or at least at this point they've made Team USA. I'm sure Quinn has. I, hey, Josh has been on the team before. Uh, what kind of impact does that have? have on the Wolverines? Well, and first of all, I think they should both make that team, and uh, obviously they're good hockey players, and uh, they both played in the tournament last year, so uh, they'll be great additions for uh, the U.S. team at the World Junior. Uh, we're used to it. You know, every year we have players missing. Uh, last year we actually had three art missing uh, with Lockwood, Norris, and Hughes, so it's par for the course for us this time of year. We uh, we always understand, but it's a great, uh, great time of year for someone else to uh, step up and get the opportunity to fill those minutes and and play. And uh, over the years of the GLI, I, I remember one year I think we had five guys missing, and uh, you know some other guys were just called upon to step up, and they did. So you never know who's going to be the uh, the hero this time of year, especially at the GLI with with all those guys missing. Coaches always like to talk about the players that are in the lineup, not the guys that are out of the lineup, because unfortunately. You know, they're not going to be there, and you're, you know, your goal is to win. But when you look at this Wolverine team, you know, really kind of a strange year because you know, I follow Michigan religiously, and it, it, it seems that, I don't know, maybe they're, maybe they're late starters or something, this team. I, I, you know, cause they, you, I, I'm wondering, has this been a learning year for you, a frustrating year, or do you think the team is where you think they should be? Well, a good question, and I think it's a little of everything. It, it, you, it's always a learning year. We have 10 freshmen. We're the fourth youngest team in, in college hockey. Um, you know, I think we are the fifth youngest team last year. We just never seem to get old. So uh, we got 10 freshmen, and they're finding their way. Um, you know, it's frustrating at times because we've had some, some, some great games and, and have looked really good and played well, and, and then we've had some games where we've just been okay, uh, really inconsistent. So I think it's a little bit of everything. And having said that, uh, I think my teams have always been more of a second-half type team. You know, we, what we try to do out here at Michigan is, and always have, is try to, you know, play everybody at the, the first half and just try to get a handle on what you have uh, going forward, especially when you have a new coach like myself only my second year. Uh, or even only a year and a half, I'm still trying to find out who can do what and do it on a consistent basis. And, you know, we, we've got 10 young guys, 10 freshmen, and we're trying to still find out what they can do. So uh, I think there's a lot of uh, – the beauty of it is there's room for growth, a lot of room for growth, and that's that's real key. And uh, we always say once Christmas uh, is upon us, the second half, we don't have freshmen anymore. I mean, you, you've been through it. Uh, enough now that you understand what it's going to take to to be successful and you should understand uh, you know what your role is going to be on the team and continue to push but you're right we've got some good players it's not what we don't have it's what we have and uh, we've got some some fun players and some exciting players and uh, they'll be real key in the GLI uh, for us to have success
You know, I talked to Dylan Larkin last year about this, and actually I probably talked to Luke Glendenny too, both former Wolverines, and, you know, they were saying that if everybody stayed four years, and obviously uh, I, Luke did, but, uh, you know, Dylan certainly did not, that the teams that Michigan would have with the guys that go into the NHL, I would imagine from a coaching standpoint, that's got to be kind of bittersweet or a good and bad thing because you could have great teams, but... There is kind of a revolving door because you recruit such high-end talent that chances are they're not going to be around for all four years. Well, exactly, and that's that's the price you pay, and that's the, the, the risk you take when you recruit a Dylan Larkin or a Kyle Connor or a Drake, Jacob Trouba or a Jack Johnson. You know, you go down the list of guys who are fantastic players. Um, we won a couple championships in 96 and 98 here at Michigan, and uh, that that's old. I, how old I am? Already been around that long, but you know, we but guys stayed four years. You know, we really didn't have anybody uh, leave at that point. Uh, the landscape changed. The NHL's gotten younger, and you're going to lose players now early, and it's it's just part of it. And we have to understand that, and and you have to have a philosophy and in your recruiting that you have to protect yourself a little bit because uh, you know it's only. Three years ago, we lost uh, five guys early, five underclassmen, and it's really hard to uh, project that and plan for that. Uh, it's hard enough with one or two, but without many, it can set your program back a little bit, and I think it did. So uh, we're still trying to build and try to get the program to where we need to be. But, uh, yeah, we we're always going to continue to recruit the Dylan Larkins and understand that you might only have them for one, one year, but we also have to – you know, recruit the Tony Calderones, uh, who was our captain last year and was a four-year player and had a great year for us uh, and ha helped get us to the Frozen Four. So, uh, yeah, it's a risk-reward type deal right now with uh, recruiting. Yeah, it, it, but, you know, the, the, as you said, you know, it's kind of the price you pay for being successful in, uh, in turning in so many uh, uh, players into NHL uh, 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 players. Uh, you know, Mel, you're, you're in the first game on Sunday, December 30th at the Great Lakes. You're playing Michigan Tech. I know a team you're very familiar with uh, uh, at, at 1 p.m. Uh, Michigan has the most GLI uh, uh, tournament uh, titles at 16. Uh, I know you certainly would love to have a 17th, but you know this Michigan Tech team you're playing, and this happens too because you know you were at Michigan for a very long time as an assistant with Red uh, over 20 years, and then and then you go to Tech and uh, revive your alma mater, and uh, then you come back to Michigan as the head job when Red re retires. I, I I know you know your. Uh, your history, but I am kind of curious. Is it funny because you're going to be standing behind that Wolverine bench and you're all about Michigan, and you want to win, but you're going to see kids on the other side that you actually recruited to Tech? <laughs> yeah, it is interesting, and I have a lot of respect for Michigan Tech and and their leadership, starting with uh, you know President Mraz when he was there, and Suzanne Sandergrad, who's done a f fabulous job of athletic director, to Joe Sean, who's the current head coach. But yeah, it's interesting because uh, probably out of Tech's twenty-seven odd players, twenty-eight players, uh, we probably recruited. 24 23 or 24 of them so uh yeah it's like i have two teams in the tournament i got michigan tech obviously and i have michigan but uh, it's interesting this is my 40th gli art and wow. uh they've either been with michigan or michigan tech and uh, i as an assistant coach with michigan tech at the tournament i was an assistant coach with michigan at the tournament i've been a head coach uh, with michigan tech in the tournament i've been a head coach as as a michigan uh 
participant and then I also played in it for four years. So uh, I probably know the tournament as well as anybody and, and had a lot of success there and really enjoyed it. But uh, it, yeah, it's a unique situation, obviously, when Michigan and Michigan Tech play against each other just because of my background. But I'm looking forward to the game and it uh, should be a lot of fun and uh, it'll be fun seeing those uh, uh, Tech players across the way. How much interaction will you have with them? Maybe after the game or something? Or will you go in and wish them luck or happy holidays? Or is it just strictly business? Although they'll be, you know, I think before the game, you know, as we run into each other, I mean, there'll be some hellos and some some small conversations. But uh, not much before the game. Hey, you know, there's no doubt about who I uh, I want to win. Who I want to win this tournament, and that's Michigan. There's no doubt about it. So, uh, I think there'll be more so after the game. And like I said, it, it, I recruited a lot of those players, so you get to know them and their families, and have a lot of interaction. So you just can't turn that off and walk away from that. And nor would I ever want to. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, you know, I, it's unfortunate that we have to play in the first game, but. Uh, at the same time, uh, like I said, I've got a lot of uh, real good friends over on that side uh, side of the fence. Right. You know, that's a, yeah, that's a 1 p.m. Uh, face-off on the 30th of December. Uh, I'm just kind of curious about uh, uh, about the uh, uh, the atmosphere. I, 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 it's, it's just because it's the holiday season. Playing that first game, it's probably, I think the arena is going to be pretty much because Michigan's playing, obviously, but close to capacity. But how difficult is that for, you know, because you usually play most of the time in the evenings. I mean, is that afternoon start a little bit um, discombobulating? I, well, I think so. That for the players, you know, you're not used to it. Uh, you know, as you know, Art, you've been around the game a long time. Uh, players become a you know creature of habit, and uh, you're used to playing at night at seven o'clock, seven thirty, eight o'clock, and all of a sudden you got to get ready and get up, and uh, it just messes with your routine. And now you have to play at one o'clock. No excuses. Both teams uh, have to go through it and live with it. But uh, no doubt about it. But uh, I think you'll see a great crowd for that first game. I know Michigan Tech. Um, you know, being a part of that school for so long in that program, uh, you know, it's 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 on their calendar. This game, it's a highlight, uh, one of the highlights of their season. I know their fans love to uh, uh, come down and support their team, and and obviously Michigan. You know, we'll have a lot of fans there too. So, and that's what I like. You get the give and take, the back and forth uh, between the fans. So, whatever's happening in the game, you're always going to have some excitement, uh, you know, with the uh, crowd, obviously, in the band. So uh, it should be, a, I think, a festive uh, afternoon of hockey. And and uh, unfortunately, because, uh, you know, Joe Lewis, there's so much going on there now that, uh, I'm sorry, Little Caesars, that we've been bumped to, uh, you know, the afternoon games. And the main reason we're playing the afternoon games the first night is because we want to allow so much time for rest before the games the next day, and, and obviously the Red Wings are playing on New Year's Eve, so everything's got bumped up earlier. But uh, nonetheless, I think the hockey fans, the true hockey fans, will show up and, and uh, make this a, a great event, which it has become over the years. Well, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, obviously uh, the, the Michigan uh, uh, hockey pep band is absolutely tremendous, but uh, there's just something about that Michigan Tech band. Maybe it's the overalls, <laughs> the striped overalls. But uh, uh, you know, whether you're the, a Michigan the lack fan, of the lack of sun, the lack of sun uh, in the copper country in the winter, I think that's what does it. But no, they're great, great kids, great uh, students, and, and they have a lot of fun. 
they make it fun, Art, and I think that's what it's all about. Yeah, certainly. Uh, so uh, let's let's look at this Michigan team. Um, Will Lockwood, who, as you said, was in the World Championships last year and, and got hurt the World Junior Tournament. I believe that's where he – did he injure yes, himself? Yes, he did. He did, yeah. Yeah, and you know, and so he's he's kind of been on the comeback trail, but obviously a uh, high-end player, uh, third-round pick by Vancouver. So uh, uh, let's look at some of these players, some of the people that the fans can expect to see uh, uh, in the maize and blue uh, come to 30th against Michigan Tech at 1 o'clock. Yeah, Will's a dynamic player. Obviously got hurt at the World Junior Tournament last year and missed the whole second half of our year. Uh, we really missed him, even though we got to the Frozen Four and, and had a great run. I mean, Will was that player that, uh, you know, maybe could have, would have got us over the top. So we're excited to have him back. He's a tremendous player. Uh, you know, he's, he, he plays it any way you want. He's, he's got speed. He's got skill. Uh, he's got some bite to his game. He's an exciting player. So he's one of our leaders, obviously, uh, coming into the year. And he's having a good year. Um, Jake Slaker, another uh, player who... He's had a tremendous career here, uh, a lot like Lockwood. He can skate, can really shoot the puck, uh, has some bite to his game, can play center, left wing. Uh, he's one of our leading scorers and has been since he's been here. He's a junior now, and uh, you know he's acquired a lot of interest from NHL teams, just the, the way he's played. But uh, those two guys are really the guys that are going to uh, be noticeable up front. We've got a number of players, a number of young players that, uh, we're hoping can take a step forward. Uh, I know Nick passed a job, uh, played here locally along with his brother Mike, uh, play on a line. Nick has had a real good year. He had four goals for us last year. I think he's got nine already this year for us. A New York Islander draft pick, uh, Nick is, and he's uh, he's played extremely well. I'm really uh, happy with his improvement and his development over the last, last couple of years. Uh, and then we've got a solid defense. We've got five of our six guys who played in the frozen four back, and uh, we expect them to make a, another step forward. But Joseph Ciccone, kid out of Buffalo, New York, a Dallas draft pick, uh, played in the World Junior, won a gold medal a couple of years ago. Uh, he's a big uh, offensive defenseman, a lot of pro potential. He's a real good player. Uh, then we got Nick Boca, another senior uh, on the back end, a Minnesota Wild draft pick. Uh, can really skate, uh, plays physical, uh, uh, plays on a power play all situations. And then uh, in net, that's that's the area we've got to get a little bit better. We've played both goaltenders, Hayden Levine and Strauss Mann. We've got a junior and a freshman, and uh, they've split time, and no one's really taken that job over. And I think that's an area that last year Hayden took the job over and played extremely well, and, uh, and then really – got us to that frozen four so we've been inconsistent there we're just still waiting for one of those guys to to grab the uh, the reins and take that job but i like our team like i said we've got a lot of freshmen that haven't uh, maybe put up the numbers but uh, i think they're poised to have a you know breakout weekend and really have a good second half for us i like our depth i like our depth there's not a lot of uh, maybe uh, guys who stick out but uh, i do like our depth on this team and i think we can uh, play any one of our lines against any line in the tournament well, yeah, I, I want to, because we talked about this last year, and, and, you know, obviously, Mel, you know, you and I have known each other a long time. You know that it, you know that I have followed Michigan. I mean, I can remember being, you know, a student there and uh, uh, watching the Wolverines when they weren't very good at that point, and I was at Red's press conference when he was announced as Michigan's coach. But uh, I, how difficult is it to play net in college? And the reason I ask that is because it just seems, except when you, you know, and you've had some great net minders, obviously Marty Turco, uh, but is it is it just difficult because of the 
I mean, I don't know because it confounds me sometimes that Michigan's goaltending seems to be so inconsistent at times. Well, it has been the last few years, and and you know we, that's something that uh, we need to change, uh, to, you know, to make sure that we uh, uh, have success. And it's it's not unlike having that starting quarterback. I, mm-hmm. I think you know you've got to find that guy who's the leader of the team, uh, who can play with consistency and and be a game breaker and. Um, you know, we haven't had that. You know, Hayden's showed some flashes last year, getting us back to the Frozen Four. But uh, I think since Marty, we probably, you know, we've had some good goaltenders, whether it's been Montoya or, you know, whomever it's been, who played well, but it hasn't quite got us over that hump. So, uh, and I think that's going to be the key to this year's tournament, Art. If you ask me as goaltending, I think we've all played, Michigan Tech's played all three of their goaltenders. I know Lake State's flip-flop a little bit, as has Michigan State. So, I think we're all still searching for that guy. And, uh, uh, you know, I know this tournament sometimes can produce that guy for you. And and we're hoping in our case uh, that's what happens. When you look at this, uh, you know, I know that uh, uh, you're missing Quinn Hughes and Josh Norris. They're going to be playing at the World Juniors. uh, uh, Hopefully they're in the gold medal game uh, 8 o'clock on January 5th out there in uh, 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 Vancouver, where, you know, where you were born there, Mel. I'm sure you know that, too. But... uh... (laughs) Yeah, I do. Yes, yes, yes. A great city. Great city, by the way. It's one of my favorites. Trust me. I'm looking forward to the NHL draft in June in Vancouver. Yeah, I'm trying to get the Red Wings to send us out like two or three days early just to get a lay of the land. I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, but it well, would be you great. could get delayed. Your flight could get canceled on the way back a couple times, Art. So there we go. Now, I always <laughs> like, that's why I like you, Mel. I've always like your I've always like your thinking. Um, Quinn Hughes and Josh Norris are high-end talents. They're both number one uh, draft picks. When they come back, do you think that experience, even though they've played internationally and they've been in this tournament before, is that a good thing for the team? I mean, as far as will they be different players? Can they be better players after this tournament? Well, they can, and and we've seen it go both ways. We've had a, a probably more or just as many players as anyone play in that tournament, and uh, sometimes you get a little of both. Sometimes you get some guys who come back and. Uh, maybe they didn't have the greatest experience at the tournament and, and they're anxious to get back and excited to get going. And they can't wait. And we've had guys come back, uh, you know, Jason Botterill, he played in it three times, the current GM of Buffalo, uh, Sabres. I mean, he played in it right. three times. And I first, I think his first year he came back and it took him a while to get going. They won the gold medal and uh, took a while. But each year he came back, he was better and better. So uh, it can go both ways. But I know both guys told me before they left, uh, we have a game on that Tuesday night. I believe it's January 8th. And I said, hey, guys, I don't think I'm, you know, I'm looking probably not to play you that game. They said, coach, we're telling you right now, we want to play in that game. So <laughs> I, I know they'll be excited to play. And uh, and I think in this case, both knowing both Josh and Quinn, uh, that when they come back, I think it's really going to help our team. I think, uh, you know, the, regardless of how they do and the experience they have, I know they're really looking forward to the second half and and uh, helping Michigan get back to the Frozen Four. When uh, look, let's look at the GLI. Uh, you've you know 40th GLI. It's only been around for 54 years. Uh, good springboard to the second half of the season. How important is this tournament to Michigan? Very important. I mean, it's it's something that our guys have on their on their uh, goal board and their calendar. Uh, you know, it's it's an opportunity to play in front of big crowds in an NHL building against. 
pretty darn good hockey teams. So uh, bragging rights, as you might say, in the state of Michigan. So it's a big tournament, and we put a lot into it. We take it very serious as coaches, and I know our players do. And, uh, you know, the unfortunate part for us is we haven't, you know, we play last game was on December 8th, Art. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's going to be three weeks, and you're missing, you know, your two leading scorers. So uh, it, it doesn't, <laughs> the recipe isn't there for maybe having a lot of success. But we're used to it, and, and we have no excuses. And our guys know, um, you know, what's at stake here, and they'll do everything they can to stay in shape and stay game ready. And then it's our job as coaches to uh, make sure the, the the few days of practice we have them before we play us as we're ready to go. We have good practices and we put our best forward. But it's a it can be a, a, a huge momentum boost going into your second half, and then that's how we've always used it and looked at it, whether I was here at Michigan or at Michigan Tech. Well, when you look at it uh, on a personal level, uh, maybe some memories. I mean, you excelled in this tournament as a player, and obviously uh, you've been behind the bench when Michigan has uh, has won some GLI tournaments. Uh, what are your some recollections uh, of the GLI? Oh, boy. The, the ones that come to mind, we beat Michigan when as a player at Michigan Tech in triple overtime. Uh, Matt Joe Lewis, probably the maybe the longest game in GLI history. Uh, I played in the Olympia when as a Michigan Tech. I, I thought that was pretty exciting. We won it all four years as a player, so that's how, how old I am and how far back I go. When as a Michigan, we won, uh, we beat North Dakota 6-5 in overtime. We were down 5-1 going into the third game. period, yeah. and it didn't look good. I mean, there was no <laughs> momentum, and you know, all it took us uh, one goal to get us five to two, and the uh, fire was lit. We came back and won that six five. That was uh, a crazy game. Uh, obviously, when I was a head coach at uh, Michigan Tech, we pitched two shutouts and uh, had won it. Uh, the first time since I was a senior when I played in 1980 or something like that. That was the first time Tech had won the uh, GLI since my uh, senior year. So that was that was a highlight. We pitched two shutouts against Michigan and Western Michigan. So a lot of, lot of memories. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, played in four different venues or been around it, you know, with the Olympia. Obviously, Joe Lewis played at Comerica Park or coached there and obviously now. Uh, at Little Caesars Arena, so a lot of fond memories, and I just want to uh, say as the, the Illich family and uh, Olympia and, and Joe Lewis and all the people at Little Caesars now have done a tremendous job to help make this the uh, the best college hockey tournament uh, really in the world. And how, uh, uh, one last question, Mel, just uh, how important do you think it is to have four Michigan schools in this tournament. Nothing against all, and you brought in, you, yeah. know, you mentioned North Dakota, last year Bowling yeah. Green wins it, I mean, but how important yeah. is it to, you know, maybe pass the pass the wealth around, so to speak? I, I think it's really important, Art. I think, you know, uh, you know, there's some people say, well, they want to see somebody else, or why don't you bring a Boston school, or Denver, or somebody from out west, but uh, I, I, think, I think it's important that we help uh, support the Michigan schools with the changes they are the way they are in the leagues and uh, you know not having some of these teams uh, you know regular that we're playing I think it's really important to have the Lake Superiors and the Ferris States and the Northern Michigans you know and Western Michigan has been there to, to, to bring them into our building and and uh, to, to have them participate in this tournament I think it's extremely important and uh, I think it's a, a great uh, event and it's a, a great thing that the Illiches uh, have done in as far as regards to that and making it more of a Michigan tournament. Well, it starts on Sunday, December 30th, Michigan Tech and Michigan. 
at 1 p.m., followed by Michigan State and Lake State at 4. And then the uh, triple header of hockey on Monday, December 31st, New Year's Eve, the third place game at 11.30 a.m. Uh, and then the winner's uh, game will be the championship game of the GLI at 2.30. And then the Red Wings and the Florida Panthers at 7.30. So if you What like a great day for hockey. What a great day for hockey. Right? We should call that Hockey Day in Michigan right there. I mean... Three great, three great uh, events, three, three great games, and uh, and I'm going to try to find a way to watch all three of them. Mark. Yeah, I was so I know, I know one I'll be watching real close. Yeah, so. we're, one I know you will be watching it. Uh, uh, so do you plan? You know, if, you know. Okay, we've got to end this, but I, but I want to ask you this then: um, How important would it be for you to keep the Wolverines there to watch that Michigan, uh, or pardon me, the uh, the Florida Red Wing game? Well, you know, I. I our guys get down there quite a bit. We're fortunate that we live so close. They follow the, the Red Wings, and uh, they always want to see our guys like Dylan Larkin and obviously Luke Lindenning. And uh, I think it's it's important if they can do that. And uh, they love hockey. Our guys are sponges. They like being uh, around the game and obviously around uh, watching uh, Michigan guys, and Michigan guys do well. So uh, happy to see Larks keep his point streak going last night. Yeah. But uh, but I think a lot of our guys, if not all of them, will probably try to find a way to spend that night there watching that game. Now, I know, uh, uh, you know, Dylan is uh, is turning into a great leader. And, you know, and obviously Luke Lindenning was an alternate captain as a sophomore, then captain of Michigan as a junior and senior. Uh, will you try to get those guys maybe to talk to the club at all? Well, we, we, you know, last year we ran into a couple guys down there. Uh, actually, uh, Glennie did a good job. Luke came in and spoke to our team. I thought gave them a real solid message, a real uh, good message, not only about hockey, but just Michigan and taking advantage of everything that the University of Michigan can offer you. And uh, uh, obviously, Mike Knubel, he was down there last oh, yeah. year, two former Red Wings. So anytime we get the opportunity to have Larks or Glennie or Noobs or, uh, you know, Zach Warinsky talked to us in Columbus last year, anytime we have the opportunity to have one of our former players, uh, you know, just talk a little bit about their experience in Michigan, uh, we try to do that. Well, Mel. Uh, you know, uh, I always say this, and whenever I talk to a Michigan coach, uh, my heart's always with Michigan, but may the best team win. Uh, best of luck in the GLI. Uh, I appreciate your time. I've known you a long time, and uh, I always uh, uh, appreciate your company and also uh, speaking hockey with you. So uh, good luck to the Wolverines come the 30th against a, a very good and up-and-coming Michigan Tech club. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, sir. My pleasure. We'd like to thank Michigan head coach Mel Pearson and Michigan Tech head coach Joe Sean for helping us preview the first game of the 54th annual GLI tournament. And that begins on Sunday, December 30th, Michigan and Michigan Tech at 1 o'clock at Little Caesars Arena. Best of luck to both coaches, and thank you for tuning in to the Red and White Authority, presented by Labatt. I'm Art Regner. Happy New Year.